1: Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios in downtown Starkville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi. And Charlie, I guess before we get going, talking about the great folks at the Farm Bureau, boots on the ground. It's been a tough week past couple of days in the state of Mississippi. You had the terrible tornadoes that tore through Rolling Fork. They came through Winona and then on up into Monroe County. Amory was touched very hard, and of course, our thoughts, prayers, well wishes are with all the people affected by the tornadoes this past week and man, that's one of the things about living in the area that we live is you are in harm's way when it comes to tornadoes and our good friends at Farm Bureau they've been doing this for a long time, and understanding when disaster hits, you want somebody that is there and Farm Bureau go with a home team at farm bureau, but yeah it's a it's been a tough few days. For a lot of people in the state of Mississippi.
0: Yeah, life has a way of giving you some perspective now and then, uh, even if you don't want it. And it was uh, some of those pictures you saw at night were alarming when you saw the daytime, and even now seeing some security camera videos and things like that, just uh, man, tough.
1: It really is. You know, several years ago, the tornado came through Louisville, and my daughters were actually in a house that was hit, and they were underneath the stairs, and it was did detrimental damage uh, to that house, and a lot of people were affected back then. And so we've seen kind of firsthand about uh, what tornadoes can do. And of course, a lot of people have seen that picture of the, that huge tornado coming across at Lake Tiacata. And uh, so, man, our our thoughts are with so many families around the state of Mississippi right now. Of course, we're brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House here on a Sunday morning, Sunday coffee. Strange Brew, I went down to the University Drive location this morning. University Drive, Spring Street, Highway 12. That's the original here in Starkville. And then in Tupelo with Brupolo and now in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I've got my blueberry cobbler this morning, Charlie. I want to feel a little bit better. I didn't go with just a dark roast, black coffee like you do every day. Charlie... Um, Hey man, I don't know. It's a lot of things you want to say that you can't say, and you don't want to say, I don't know what to say.
0: Well, I was just checking out the rain chances. <laughs> and unfortunately the rain doesn't arrive till about six o'clock. Um, I think there's a few things, um, that come to mind as I was thinking about us getting together today. And the first is this, it, it's tempting to to come in with baseball being what it is and to, pick up the stats and to look at the numbers and to say hey we're hitting this or we're not doing this and there's a lot of things we aren't doing you talked about this on the broadcast yesterday on a weekend where the wind has been blowing out in gale forces we've been hitting ground balls there's all sorts of those things we can go to but everything just comes back to this in my mind we are doing a lot of things wrong in a lot of different areas, at pretty much the same time, and unfortunately, right now, even though early in ball games, well, early in some ball games, <laughs> we're competing. We had a good game for about five innings yesterday, and then it just got away from us. It's something bigger than numbers. It's something bigger than any one person. Because here's what I know: you can question whether our talent is where it needs to be. Uh, let's assume for sake of argument that it's not. It's not get run ruled every other game in the SEC bad. And I don't even accept that it's bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying if you assume that we don't have the talent we need, it's not that bad. If you assume that we're not coaching enough, not coaching well enough, it's not that bad. There are a lot of forces. It takes a lot to be this off, and it takes even more to pull out of it. And I think that's the first thing is, look, we as a program, this this locker room has a couple of choices. One is pack it in, and we got to do this twenty five more times, twenty five more games.
1: It's still early in the season.
0: That's what's that's and, what's tough. Yeah, and I want to go back because people say, man, it's never been this bad. Uh, look, it's bad. <laughs> it's it's don't don't I don't want to minimize it, but you know, in um, in oh eight we won nine league games. In nine, we won nine league games. In 10, we won six. And we were able to turn it around. Now, it it took some changes, but we were able to turn it around. In 15, we won eight. We went eight and 22. A year after, we went eight and 12 in the league. Two years after, we had played for a championship. So, things can fall apart in a hurry in baseball. But here's what we also know. We won eight league games. In 15, we went 21 and nine and 16 and won the league. So, you can change it. But it's hard and I think for me there's probably a lot of people scratching their head saying how do we change this
1: Yeah and I think that, yeah, exactly and that's the you know we talk about our group techs all the time and, and that's man we've been worn out the past few days about hey how do you how do you get it going in the right direction and Charlie I, I've been around this for a while and hey I'm just as I always say I'm just a backup radio guy. I kind of know my place but I don't know what I do. I don't, know. I don't know. What's step one right here? St-
0: right, so I let, me, let me be serious. I think step one is something has to go right. You can't build on something unless you've got something good to build on. And so for today, where does it start? Maybe you need Nate Dome to go out there and go seven innings and give you a chance to win a game. Have we released a starting pitcher for today yet? I mean, surely it's him, right? It would have to be.
1: It would have to be him.
0: Because if you get to the end of a weekend and Nate Dome hasn't pitched meaningful innings, if he hasn't thrown an inning that matters, if he hadn't thrown leverage innings, what have you done?
1: I would think if he was not going to be the starter today, then he would have come in the game with a 3-1 game yesterday in the middle innings.
0: Yeah. Am I wrong for saying no, that? No, I think that's I think that's exactly right. So, I, I, he he has to start today. So, it
1: started going awry a little bit on Friday in the first inning. Two home runs for Vanderbilt in the first inning. And you go back to the point, Charlie. Vanderbilt this weekend, and Coach Polk came in the booth yesterday. I don't know if you heard him. And he walked up to me and because and, Jay was on the radio broadcast. And he says, hey, Vanderbilt's either going to pop it up on the infield or they're going to hit it out of the yard. They're just dropping that back shoulder, man, and trying to get quote-unquote launch angle. If you've ever seen those – YouTube videos or the TikTok videos of a guy named Teacher Man mm. that a lot of folks in, in baseball, if you talk to hitting coaches around the country in every level, they say that guy a, is a, a whack job. But anyway, that they look like Teacher Man yesterday. I mean, they were going up there, and you look at the box score of the game. It was either I'm going to put the ball in the air on the infield or we're going to hit it out of the yard. I mean, Bradfield's hit two home runs this weekend that were just pop flies. We've seen some of those this weekend that just got up in the air and got in a jet stream and got out of here. And, hey, that's just play into the ballpark and play into the wind. I think back to, like, 2012 and 13 when Kendall Graben was pitching, his kryptonite was like Kentucky, right? Austin Cousineau. Remember Cousineau? Oh, yeah. Uh, Leadoff guy. Those guys could get to the bottom of the ball – with Kendall, because if you tried to square him up, you're going to pound it in the ground all day long. But they were able to get to the bottom of the ball. And at one time in the fifth inning yesterday, Vanderbilt had nine fly outs and like four ground outs. Conversely, we didn't have a single fly out in the first five innings of the game yesterday, which is crazy. The only ball, and you talked about this on the broadcast, the only ball that we had put in the air really was Kellum Clark's double to left center field. And that was a line drive. So, we were not getting under the ball. That, to me, was the difference yesterday in the middle innings is Vanderbilt was getting the bottom of the ball and we were getting the middle to the top of the ball.
0: Well, we got beat by, what, a touchdown and a field goal. So, yeah. I wouldn't say it's the only. <laughs> well. <laughs> Look, here's the here's the trouble right now. Um When you look at a pitching staff, you say, where do you trust guys? Where do you trust your innings? Um, We got some guys who are just going to have to figure it out. Because you can't cut them. You you can't go to the waiver wire. You can't execute a trade. Our roster is what it is. And a lot of these guys projected to play better. A lot of these guys should play better. And they're going to have to play better. And we're going to have to go back to playing a winning style of baseball. What do I mean by that? Sometimes in, in sports, and, and maybe you may completely disagree with this, but sometimes you just got to fake it a little bit. And when you strike out and the ball's in the dirt and the catcher's got to walk three feet out and pick it up, make him throw it anyway. Yeah, you know what? They're going to execute that throw to first, 99 times out of 100. Oh, but that... let's go Pete Rose. Let's have some hard 90s. Let's, let's do something here.
1: Well, and along those lines, and I uh... – I I talked with you yesterday about it. I think, yeah, it was off the air. And by the way, when we're broadcasting the ball game, we have a box that sits in front of us. And that box has two buttons. One is a cough button, which is pretty much a silencer. You can cough. You can, you know, us, we talk during the games. And then you have a talk back button where you can talk to the production studio and kind of let them know, hey, you know, the mic, we're getting some feedback that the mic's a little hot on the first base dugout. I mean, we can talk. They don't always listen. No, they don't always listen to talk. We have a chance to talk. And my ultimate theory is, and we've had this before of whether, where we get there and they've got the mics switched in the boxes where if I hit my talk button, I'm not silenced, but if I hit your talk button, I am silenced. And I think it was a couple of years ago where I hit my cough button And, like, looked at you and was like, what are we doing? And then all of a sudden it goes over the air. And you're like, oh, my goodness. And so I'm sitting there saying yesterday I hope these cough buttons don't malfunction because the conversation that you and I were having off the air were pretty phenomenal. But one of the things I talked about was I thought about Diaz at third. He came in, and I'm talking about made a pick play, throws it over, shortstop. They're playing with a swagger. I'm talking about everything they do is with a swagger. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, what's that old, the, the Bull Durham, you got to play this game with fear and arrogance. I mean, they were playing it with, with arrogance. And that's what I want to see. Amani Larry made a play on Friday night on a hard hit ball to the second baseman. And it came up about chest high on It Oh, him. that was a tough play. And he made a great play. That's a play with swagger. And that's, that's kind of what I want to see. I, I want to see – Jay Powell talked about in the midweek being the hunter or the hunted. I want to see that attitude of being the hunted. It's like yesterday, okay. The hunter. I want to be the hunter. Excuse me. I want to be the hunter. No, we've been hunted all right. <laughs> well, yeah, we've been walking out in the middle of the field in the broad daylight, <laughs> you know, right right there by the shoot house. But yesterday, and I think I brought this up during one of my cough button conversations, about Georgia Southern played at Southern Miss yesterday. Oh, yes. And Southern Miss hit a home run, and whoever hit it did a bat flip where he tossed the bat about 15 feet in the air. And we can debate this all day long. We've talked about this on the show all the time about the differences in the game now, compared to the differences in the game of yesteryear. But Georgia Southern took exception in that first base dugout. I'm talking about they took exception to the swagger. And, hey, I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with Georgia Southern. I answered that bill yesterday.
0: Did you? No, and I wouldn't have had a problem last Sunday if a certain Kentucky hitter had had to brush some dirt off by the time he rounded first base. Um, I'm not calling for acts of violence or anything as such. But now and then, look, we go back to this. Um, I, one of my favorite Kendall Graveman moments. On Sunday, we got beat twice, and he throws inside. To, was a Mason Katz, Mason Katz, right? yeah. And just kind of, you know what, we're going to love them over here. And uh, I think to some degree we gotta, we, we've got to get that edge back. And, you know, I look at this ball game today. I mean, what do you do at third base today? I mean, how many times can you push the button there and try something different? What are you going to do in left field? How many times can you push the button there? Um, are you going to figure out a way to get Aaron Downs in the ball game? You know, I – Hyzac hit the ball well yesterday in the left center field.
1: Hyzac and Downs are power guys right-handed. You're facing a bunch of left-handed guys this weekend.
0: I've joked about this before, but I was coaching 13-, 12-, 13-year-old baseball. We'd lost a couple of games, and I walked in the dugout, and I just threw the lineup book to them. I said, y'all figure it out. When I walked to the third-base coaching box. Man, they had a blast. We We won. (laughs) <laughs> we, and went on a streak once and more. And obviously, I told the story the other day, too. Um, we had a basketball coach one time whose team was struggling, and they showed up and they played dodgeball for an hour, and then they went home and didn't touch a basketball. It's almost like this team, I don't know if they need the dodgeball day. I don't know if they need the Augie Garrido <laughs> Uh, peel the paint <laughs> off the wall, screaming day. Maybe it's all the above. Throwing, Maybe we need to scream and then play dodgeball, throwing bats in the showers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you lollygag they,
1: around the infield. <laughs> it's an easy
0: game, you know. You, but, but I mean, right now, I, I think the thing that gets me is I I really don't believe in talking to to several of these guys. And and look, there's when you go through a roster with this many people, you're going to be able to put people in different buckets. Guy who doesn't feel like he's getting a shot, who's kind of cashing it in, checking out, all right? You've got some guys who are still all in. But I just don't get the sense in talking to some of these guys that they're mailing it in, that they're done, that we don't care anymore. I mean, I sense in talking to a lot of them that they're just as frustrated. They want to win, but I don't know what to build on. I don't, I don't know what the change to be made is. And it's real easy to sit back and say, you know, get rid of everybody, clean house. And, and look, I mean, we all know the realities of coaching. I mean, it, it's, I'm not giving up any state secrets to say that coaching is a profession where you perform or you're, you're not still there. But also know the reality of college baseball. You don't, you don't make changes in the middle of a baseball season the way you can in football. The way you can in other sports, it just doesn't happen.
1: No, it doesn't, and it is a little bit different. Baseball is different. And you talk about the the vast number of games. You talk about and, and how about baseball? I, I think back to how you know it, it made me as a person. When you're playing 60 games a year, it teaches you never you know, to have that even keel, to never get too high, never get too low. And I thought I think it's great lessons and. Life as far as baseball, because you're playing twice as many games as basketball, and you're playing five times the amount of you know baseball games than you do football games. And going back to your point, Charlie, about you know the text groups that you have, and you see social media and people wanting you know demanding change. You want to see change, and baseball is not a sport that's conducive to that. And I know you know there are different times now than there always have been. Football, we've seen that kind of morph into midseason a lot. Baseball, to me, is is different because – and baseball is not different than football and basketball where you do have a lot of people who are in a lot of players' ears. And if you don't think that if you did something in the middle of the season in any part of your staff, that there are not handlers out there saying, let me tell you something. You need to go in there and say you got a little tightness in that forearm. You need to shut it down the rest of the year. I mean, you can lose, you can lose your entire program by making rash decisions. Am I wrong for saying that?
0: No, you're, you're absolutely right. But, so let, let's talk about coaching a minute. When I look at coaching, I think of a few things. Number one, there is the decision-making aspect of coaching. So when we say, hey, we're upset with coaching, the first thing is decision-making, who are you starting? Who are you playing where in the batting order? When are you going to the bullpen? Those kind of things. So the game management decisions. There's the managerial aspect. The second, though, that sometimes comes on coaching is really a player performance issue. And I think the thing that would frustrate me if I were coaching this team is, and look, the managerial thing, that's that's squarely a coaching issue. If you don't like the pitching change approach if you don't like those things if you don't like the batting order players aren't doing that they have no control over when they come in or not but when you get into the player performance issues I think it becomes tougher to evaluate because at this level if you can't catch and you can't throw and you can't field a ground ball and you can't take a proper angle on a fly ball that's the kind of development that almost should be taken for granted right I mean, shouldn't we just take for granted, and I get it, you work on it, Coach Polk's fundamental drill series and all those things did, but what are you going to do from a dugout? What are you going to do from a third-base coaching box if you can't read a ball in the dirt and take second base? It's All those things just go into it because there are some things that we're doing wrong that I say are player issues. There are some that you know you can look at from a coaching and a game management standpoint. Whatever it is, the sum is less than the parts.
1: So many people talk about the development of guys. Is this guy getting better? Has this guy gotten better from year one to year three? And I think that is a shared situation. I think some of it is it, you know, you've got to figure out how to get that player better, but also the player you know, has to react to that as well and want to get better. And want to take instruction, and you know, I think it goes back to, you know, people you bring into your program, and what kind of guys are you bringing in? And hey, listen, we'll ne- I'll, I'll never get in here, and you you won't either. We'll never sit there and say criticize a certain player, and it's, it's it kind of goes back to the old adage of to me of how do you make a team better individually? Okay. Some guys have the thought process of I can make this team better if my stats are good. You know, if I get out there and I perform, I've done my part of this team being really good. But how are you helping others around you? Are you, are you tearing down while you're building up? I mean, I, and I don't know anything that's going on. And I, I talked to a former player who said, you look back at Jake Mangum. And Jake was a great leader on this team. And you saw where Jake was in the dugout. When he was not at the plate, he was in a certain spot in the dugout where he could talk to other guys about their plate experience. And then after Jake left, Tanner Allen almost took that same spot. And you just kind of wonder who's taking that role of guys coming off. Because you can – You know, you can beat yourself and say, Hey, I'm I'm the guy, I'm I'm the guy who is the the leader of this team, but you gotta have buy-in. You just kinda wonder, you know, how much how many guys are trying to to build up their teammates along with producing themselves.
0: Well, then the other question, and you've heard me say this before, this is a theory that I formed after watching high school sports. When you have a number of alpha dog classes in a row, and you have to think back Westberg, Foskey, McNamee, Mangum, Allen, Jordan, you know, we had a run of just some dudes and guys who weren't quiet about it, that they, within the locker room, they were a force. And sometimes when you're in that next group, it's harder to become that guy because as a young player, you don't need to. And some people don't always fill that void. I do think we've got some guys on this team who are freshmen. The, the thing that was so beautiful about Tanner Allen, he was your best player, he was your hardest worker, and your most vocal leader. How It's very rare that you get all that to come together. It was you, the
1: Dak Prescott effect.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it absolutely was.
1: When your best player is your hardest worker. And I, I think people see that.
0: Think I think there's some guys in this freshman class who have that ability. But you you didn't got to come out in the first 20 games always.
1: It's not. I'll tell you somebody that always has the first class and alpha dog mentality, and that's our good friends at Cannon Ford. Cannon Ford, if you're in the market for a new or used car, and the reason they sell so many cars and they are growing, they are building that brand out in East Starkville based upon customer service with a service center, with the body shop, with the way that they sell new and used cars. But the reason they're doing it is because they're good people. They're just good guys. Chris Keene can't beat him. Can't beat that guy. Top five guys I've ever met in my life. And to be quite honest with you, sometimes if you're an honorable person, you can rise to the top in that profession. And so go by and see our friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville, and they'll put you in a new or used car or the service center, need a new brake pads, need a spray and bed liner, go by and see your friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville. We also talked on Friday about Heartland Catfish, Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly find over in Itta Mississippi, from farm to table. I mean, they grow it in their own ponds, and they ship it to these great restaurants around the southeast. We talked about Country and Western Steakhouse in Camden, Tennessee, a great place to stop in Camden. is west of Nashville, but they have great steaks, but they also have great catfish. And it's serviced by our good friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland Catfish, like I said, producing the best U.S. farm race catfish you can possibly want. Okay, today, Charlie, game three of the series. You're 0-5 in the league. I've gone back through the stats, and I need to, we need to figure out the last time we were 0-5 in the league. What are you want to see today? How do you how do you make this is, – is today a day where you show up and you said, hey, my 13-year-olds I just tossed in the lineup book and said, here you go. My thought of that is, is man, you talk about creating a fight in the in the locker room of, hey, I'm going to bat third. Sometimes, hey, that may be a bad – may not be a bad thing.
0: Oh, I think I said to you leaving yesterday that uh – I think if I were head coach, I might uh, just lock the door and say, we're not leaving until punches have been thrown. <laughs> we, we got a lot of evil that's got to come out of somebody or something. We've got to have people get right. Um, and obviously, when you're uh, 13, you've only got 10 on the roster, and 10 get to hit, it's a little bit easier. But you know what it does? And I was reading this morning, I woke up early, and I was reading where I always go when I have troubles, Bill Parcells. All right, and I was reading a Bill Parcells article on how you turn things around. How do you turn around a losing program? And he wrote this, I think, for a journal at Harvard. And obviously he says business and football aren't the same, but people are. And there, there's some fundamental things that you, you have to be willing to do. And the first one is this. You have to be able to have honest conversations. And you have to be willing to have confrontation. Parcells is a guy who says, I relished conversation. Excuse me. I relished confrontation. Conversation as well, perhaps. But he said we tend to put a negative word on that. But what confrontation basically means is you gotta sit down with somebody and you gotta be honest and you gotta be direct and you gotta make sure your goals align. He's like, I don't care about your personality type. I don't care about if you're if you're feeling well, I don't care about if you're in a good space. I wanna talk about our goals and what are we trying to accomplish. It's almost like we just need some of those. We need some good, hard conversation right now.
1: And I think every organization that is good has that situation. Not just, you know, like you said, Charlie, not just sports teams, but in every, every office situation. You have to have the ability, and it's one thing to have buddies around the office or a lot of people have people they don't like. and But at the end of the day, you've got to sit there as adults and have the conversation and have, be able to have conversations that sometimes are tough
0: because can't you almost envision going back to your thing about guys playing winning ball for themselves, you know, where one player says, well, Hey, you know, you're not getting the bunt down. You're not doing this. You're not taking the extra base. And the other says, well, well, how about you go the other way once in a while? You know, how about you short <laughs> up? I mean, can you think about all the things you could say and just get some stuff out? Oh, so, yeah. so lock the door. Nobody's leaving until punches have been thrown. That's my first, <laughs> <laughs> first thing. Um, I'm looking today for Nate Dome to come out. Here's what I would tell you about Nate Dome. He might get hit. He might get roughed up. He might be effective. He might not be, but the guy's going to compete. The guy's going to come out. He wants to win. I thought our crowd yesterday really tried to be supportive early.
1: And I'll say this. Yes, I do too. I thought Landon Gartman in the middle innings, especially the third inning, they had the bases loaded, nobody out. And a lot of that was not his doing. And you're able to get out of it. A couple pop outs and a fly out. I thought the crowd really responded to that. I thought in the middle of innings he gives up the home run, you get down, he, he didn't fold. He came right back after it. Now he d had, had his difficulties when he got to the sixth inning, his third, fourth time through his the four order. Four time
0: through the order. Yeah.
1: That's a four time that's baseball. That's four time through the order. But I thought he competed. I thought I thought Gartman yesterday, first five innings Really gave you a lot, and the ability to bounce back after having a little bit of adversity. So, if you are looking for a positive on the weekend, and I go back to Kellum Clark, man, and Kellum Clark, you start, you start talking about, and you know, what was the knock on Kellum his first two years? I'm going to try to yank everything out of here. I'm going to try to pull everything to right field.
0: He's had two hits the other way this weekend, and one was a leadoff double, the other one was RBI single,
1: and absolutely. And those are selfless at-bats, to be honest with you. When you start going the other way, they're good at-bats is what they are. And so I agree with you, Charlie. I mean, there was a lot of people there yesterday trying to will that thing to happen in the middle innings. And it was a good crowd yesterday, really good crowd yesterday.
0: But it's, I'll tell you what's happening is the, the, the pressure in this balloon is just building. Oh, yeah. we got to have something to pop the balloon here. This is almost a team that needs a walk-off win. You no, know, forget winning seven to two. It's almost like you need a you need a walk off home run. You need something just to to give everybody a little bit of break from the pressure.
1: Yeah. Did you see uh, Carolina one like that the other night? Yeah, they were down three runs, two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. They got a base hit to get it within one. They end up tying the game, and then they win it on an error. And they're
0: six and zero. Oh.
1: And they're six and zero oh in the SEC. Six yeah. and zero. Oh. Yeah. Man, it's it's uh this league is is crazy. They're coming in here next weekend. I mean, so it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, they're coming in here next weekend. So it's uh, hey, we we talked about this Vanderbilt team, and we, that we've kind of gotten what we thought we were going to get—a team that's kind of figured it out offensively. We talked about that on our uh, Tracks Plus deep dig on Friday. Tracks Plus now with five locations. Go to TraxPlus.com. Heavy machinery, Saney excavators, and mini excavators. If you're looking for the rental side of the construction world, need to move a bunch of dirt, call our friends at Trax Plus. If you're in the forestry world, need to do some clearing out, use that barco equipment, call our friends at Trax Plus. They can get you anything you possibly want. All right, Charlie, headed to the ballpark again today. Game three of this three-game series. Looking forward to it. Hope the cough buttons work.
0: That's right. See you there.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com to order their coffee, their mugs, anything that they have at Strange Brew, they'll send it to you. I get it shipped to my house, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Canon Ford of Starkville. Nobody beats a Cannon deal Nobody. Our good friends at Heartland Catfish, and of course, the country in the Western Steakhouse in Camden, Tennessee. Tracks Plus, go to tracksplus.com, and also Bank First, go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.